Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Contingency Plan Podcast. My name is Jedi Master David, and with me, as always, is Darth Austin. Hello, everyone. Hey, man, so are you ready to talk about The Last Jedi? Yeah. yeah. The Last of the Jedi? Yeah. The book's way better than the movie, but the timeline's kind of off. I don't mm. think... I think we might have picked the wrong one. I'm not sure. <laughs> yes, folks. More book stuff, but, but well, you read the titles to these. Hopefully <laughs> so you already know. Um, a while ago, when we were doing our ramp-up to the Kenobi series, uh, me and the Darth started scouring the internet to find obscure Obi-Wan Kenobi stuff. And then what did we do? We did all the mainstream things, like the book. <laughs> like, right. like the Kenobi book. <laughs> Everything canon. Um, yeah, well, uh, Kenobi book's not canon, unfortunately, is it? Uh, it's not anymore. No, no. So we wanted to include a book, but kind of just ran out of time, effectively. So while we will be doing kind of a ramp-up to the Andor series as we get into August, because that premieres at the end of August, uh, this book that we are going to kind of talk a little bit about today was sort of on the short list and didn't quite make it into the countdown to Kenobi. So this is called Star Wars, The Last of the Jedi, The Desperate Mission. Uh, This is a 10-book series that spanned 2005 to 2008. Um, Were they all written by the same author? Yes. Yeah, she is a very prominent writer for Star Wars. She has three very large series, one that's about as large as the uh, New Jedi Order, actually. Uh, the Something Apprentice. Let me look that up real quick. I had her pulled up. Must have closed that tab. <laughs> <laughs> so, many tabs. so many tabs. Yeah, let's, let's actually look her up. So this is Jude, Jude Watson. Watson. Yeah. So yeah, uh, the Jedi Apprentice series is 18 books. Ah. Yes. Jedi Quest series is uh, another prominent one of hers, another 10-part series. And then, uh, yes, The Last of the Jedi is a 10-part series as Interesting. well. Interesting. Yeah, she really did quite a bit in a, in a compact uh, amount of time. Because yeah. Jedi Apprentice ran from 99 to 2002. Last of the Jedi, again, we said 2005 to 2008. The Jedi Quest series, 2001 to 2004, like, that's Some a ridiculous of amount overlap. of content to pump out that quickly. <laughs> yeah. Now, I will say the last of the Jedi series are shorter books. I think this one was, what, 160, 168 yeah, total pages from, mm-hmm. um, from start to finish. And no, no fluff pages in this either. Did you notice that? Yeah, it's kind of refreshing after the last book we did that was just an abundance of fluff. Well, and, and <laughs> I, I guess I should, I should be far more clear on that. What I, what I meant was in this book, like there's no like post book, like forward or b- bibliographies or about the authors or anything like that. And it could have just been the one that I got. I just bought a used copy. Um, and I, Oh, I was going to point this out. I don't know if it says it in your book. Let me see if I can find this. Um, let's see. <laughs> So this is like a warning thing. If you purchase this book without a cover, you should be aware that this book is stolen property. It was reported (laughs) as unsold or destroyed to the publisher, and neither the author nor the publisher has received any payment for this stripped book. 
I've never seen that before in a book, and I read books. That is, that is really odd. That's <laughs> so funny. Well, I mean, you could lose a cover. That doesn't mean that it's yeah, like not everyone's careful with their book. Uh, that is so funny. That that to me was was uh, was pretty funny. So no, I probably have the most condensed per uh, version of this possible. I didn't end up buying a book. It was actually free on Kindle. So, oh, cool. Yeah, and I believe at least the next two books in this series are as well. So nice. absolutely no excuse not to try it out. It's You know, I've always wanted to buy a Kindle. I don't know why, but not like have the Kindle app on my phone or something, but I, actually I hate have using a Kindle. my phone and I wouldn't just sit at my computer and do it. So I have been considering buying one. I have a couple of smaller tablets, but the screen quality isn't the best. I need something mm. really nice if I'm going to be reading that much. But it the layout's good. I think the app is fine. You know, it's it's easy to maneuver through it. it it saves your position fairly well. I, I did end up like the page before or after a couple of times as I loaded it, but I would Fair. recommend using Kindle, honestly. And I've never really explored the library, but if it has that many free books, there's no reason not to. Well, there there is a lot. I mean, obviously, there's a ton in Kindle because it's an Amazon product, mm-hmm. so there's a ton in the Kindle format. But, yeah, yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I have a tablet, too. I mean, I've got like an iPad, whatever the last generation iPad was. But I've never really thought about, you know, buying a Kindle, but I think about it. I'm like, nah, Dad, but I don't want to read them on my iPad. I don't know. It's just weird. You know, the only weird. thing I don't like about it, and, you know, we both are kind of the same mindset, it's nice to have the collection. Mm-hmm. I like 100%. having a nice collection of books, although right now I don't have a bookshelf to display them. Eh, but, uh, One day. But, but at the same time, it is kind of nice to have a free sample of the book or something so you can see if it's really worth owning it. I know pretty quickly if I'm going to like a book or not. So Right. And yeah, yeah, you can get kind of the gist of how a writer is, yeah. you know. Within uh, the first fairly five quickly. chapters, I feel like, in pretty much every book. Mm-hmm. So. How many chapters was this? 20, 20 chapters? 20 chapters. 20 chapters. And a couple yeah. of them were like maybe two, three pages, extremely yeah, short Yeah, a couple of them were short. A couple yeah. of them were short. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Again, this was just something we were we were looking to do in the the past. Never did. And now we're going to come back to it. And honestly, this was kind of a stopgap week for both of us too. I think. I think <laughs> we needed something simple, yeah, or or short uh, to to do. I mean, I read it last night in <laughs> maybe an hour. I don't know. It was fair. It was fairly quick. Yeah, I, I, I did, I did quite quickly. a bit of skimming through the pages. Out typically when I read books like this. And I'm in a bit of a rush. I'll kind of skip every second or third word as I skim through. And I'd, I'd sure. probably finish listed today in an hour or two. I had yeah. only really gotten through a quarter of it beforehand. <laughs> it seemed like every day at work I didn't have time at lunch or anything like that. And with school going on, I just didn't sit down to do it. But, mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah no it's, it's definitely an easy, you know, one-week consumable book for uh, our younger audience. And... It doesn't feel like a young audience book to me. I mean, it's well-written. We don't have a lot of goofy stuff going on. I think it's really just the length of it that gets it put in that category to me. Yeah, yeah. For sure. So, I've never been through the Jedi Apprentice series either. Young reader novels is what they're categorized as. I think I read the first one. I know it's it's all about Obi-Wan and being like uh, accused of killing another Padawan or something like that. and It seems like a good premise. I don't really remember the book very much. I remember the cover of it, so I think I read it. 
but it's an I older think one. I read it. It's one of the ones in our you know stack of Goosebump books and all the other stuff that we had. <laughs> so the first book, the the Rising Force, um, 176 pages. Mm-hmm. So short, short books. Very Seems short to be books. her niche, which is yeah. fine. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, you can tell a lot in a shorter story. You know, yeah. you don't have to necessarily have. Uh... Oh God, what the heck is this? The the cover for the Mark of the Crown. It's just like a fire crown above uh, Qui Gon's head as he's just sort of like sitting. What they kind of they kind of make him look like Jesus a bit in this. It's pretty weird. <laughs> yeah, that's a funky one. Oh mm. boy, cover so, artist was definitely where they Cliff Nielsen. Wonder what else he's done. <laughs> Just out of curiosity, they definitely cheaped out on that one. Oh my god, even his his cover photos bad. Some of some <laughs> of these are. Uh, oh oh boy, the evil experiment. What a cover for that one. Is that from the Apprentice series, too? Yes, yeah, I'm just looking through. It's like Qui-Gon, and he's like, oh, I'm on the rack, Obi-Wan, save me. (laughs) Not a fan of Qui-Gon in this, are they? (laughs) Oh, boy, I don't know. It's funny. Some of them are interesting. Threat Within, that cover looks like it could be pretty cool. Uh, Yeah, that's not a bad cover. Eh, intru- anyway, anyway, so we're, we're not Jedi Apprentice series, so. No. Uh, but yeah, that's what we're going to get into today. But uh, before we get knocking down that road, how's week been? Not too bad. I, uh, I had a, for once, a really slow, relaxed weekend. I got all my schoolwork done during the week, so I kind of just chilled out, slept in quite a bit, played some Xbox, attempted a D&D session later on the day Saturday. That was interesting didn't go very well (laughs) the dm was getting bored so he let us die very early on (laughs) i just don't have the time for that kind of stuff because i feel like if i actually if i ever got into it i'd get obsessive about it and that scares me (laughs) yeah i mean i can see why people get interested in it i don't necessarily know if it's all that much for me but i i mean i get it i suppose that could be fun yeah, same as, you know, getting into World of Warcraft or any of that stuff, just matter of immersion. I know mm. you did that for a little while, so. Warcraft? Yeah, you did Warcraft, didn't you? Uh, for a, a small amount of time. I mean, that just was like while. maybe back in college for a bit, but, mm. you know, it was like paying fourteen ninety nine a month was a, a lot. Yeah. To yeah, me back then. then, that's a ridiculous amount of money. Of course, I'd... I don't know what it is now. I don't think they've really changed their price very much, so I guess that's a good thing. But Yeah. I think that would have been <clears throat> possibly Burning Crusade or Wrath of Lich King. Might have been Wrath okay. of Lich, Lich King. Didn't do the Panda one? <laughs> no. I, I was only in it for a couple months. I mean, I see why. I certainly see why people love it and why people mm-hmm. can get obsessed about it. I couldn't necessarily get obsessed about it, but it was fun. It was fun logging on every couple of days, messing around, getting crap in the mail, you know, totally not paying for gold and getting it. I never had an issue with it. I mean, I never did that before. <laughs> but, hey, I needed gold, so screw you, buddy. Million gold. Thanks. <laughs> Equivalent of what? Was it the the GTA shark cards now? The pay to no. win stuff. 
<laughs> well, I mean, it was always a thing where you just needed more crap. I mm. was I was fine with doing like the little questy things and getting gear, but it was all the other stuff you needed gold for. And I don't know, I just didn't like grinding. Yeah. <laughs> That much. Sometimes it can be quite a grind, at least at the time. Look, looking back, I can't believe how much time I've spent on grinding throughout different video games for things that were so useless. <laughs> but see, I well, just had the, so much free time back then. It just <clears throat> it was filler, you know. I mean, here's here's the thing. We could probably do a podcast just on games <clears throat> and talk about just games and stuff. Um, in the office today, uh, NBA Jam got brought up. Mm. And that just uh, came out, right? The mm. 2023 edition. Uh, no, I was talking about the old NBA Jam. Oh, like, oh no, I'm playing 2K. What am I? No, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't played a video game NBA game since live. I think I like live, live more than 2K. Live was better than 2K for me. Yeah. It, live was and I tried 2K at one point. I just didn't like it. I didn't feel that it was a very the mechanic was just weird. Yeah. I kind of um, felt the same about like NCAA versus Madden. I always like NCAA games more growing up. Madden, though, they have me. done better. Madden has been relatively consistent. And the only thing that I don't like about Madden is they keep taking crap away. Like, I remember when Madden, you could set prices of all the food in your stadium on franchise mm-hmm. mode. And then they had franchise mode. And then, like, owner mode. And owner mode did all of that. <clears throat> and then franchise mode was just stripped down. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and then they got... I don't think that they have owner's mode anymore. No. And, and it's just... It's just it's not... And I haven't bought one for years now. But by the time I was done, I was like, this isn't... There, there's not enough here. I, I like playing the games... But I also like the extra stuff, and that's kind of what NCAA had because you had to do all the recruiting stuff. Right. And that was fun for me. That was an immersion thing that made that enhanced the gameplay. You yeah. could build your own college. Yeah, you had your uh, – we did that quite a bit, I remember. And, you, of course, the system was a little broken. You could just max everyone out and give it like a 99 overall rating if you wanted to break the system. Well, but, right, yeah, of course. But you could also but you do, do goofy things. Then. You could also do goofy things like uh, mascot games, too, for that matter. I mean, they yeah. just had little mm-hmm. fun things. Madden kind of went the route of, uh, you know, the the loot crate systems that are a big thing in games. They kind of mm. went that route with That's with, EA. with uh, character or character with uh, player cards. Basically, mm. you build your own team. You pick yep. a school or actually, I think now you can create your own. I'm not sure, but. As you play, you just unlock different versions of the same player at different points in their career where they were better or worse. And they had a story mode even at one point as you came up as a new player trying to get recruited to. Uh, yeah, I remember that mode. That's, that mode's been around for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you used to be able to also take, I think you used to be able to take your NCAA file and then load it and use that really in Madden at one point. I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure that that was something. And then, well, anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm pretty sure you could do that. Anyway, I'm pretty sure you could do that. Mm-hmm. I could be lying. Maybe on the video <laughs> game podcast that we haven't started yet, we'll talk about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, no, no. It's it's not the same anymore. Um, but anyway, we were talking about NBA Jam, and I was like, oh yeah, it's a fun game. We were a Sega Genesis house. It's like, nah, we were we were Nintendo. 
you know, we had Super Nintendo and then 64. It's like we we didn't have any Nintendo. No, we, we had, had, well, we had, we had NES, and it was Duck Hunt and Mario. That was about it. The only game yeah. that actually worked on that stupid console. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I had was a fine Super with Nin- that. Right. Honestly. I had a Super Nintendo later, but like, uh, nah, we, I never had six. I kind of, re- it kind of sucks not have experiencing, not have, not, I can't speak. Uh, sp- not string having words. experience. Uh, yeah, not having Nintendo experience 64. 64 and even GameCube to an extent. GameCube <clears throat> had some cool games and 64, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, obviously your Mario Kart racing, your, uh, your Golden Eye, all those kind of cool games. That would have been fun to experience, especially when you didn't really know a lot of people who had a sixty four yeah. to go play at their house. It was <laughs> it was a struggle, but yeah, for sure. But yeah, we but were Genesis I, and then PlayStation. Yeah. <clears throat> we just went from Genesis we into <laughs> PlayStation One, and then just went through the series. Yep. Last one I bought was a PS four. You know, so I haven't done the five. Which I can you even get those. Yeah, I think they're finally available. It's still, That's good. you know, the price hasn't gone down. They're still 500 They haven't come out with the cheaper model yet. I'll probably, well, they might have a $400 one, but I refuse to get anything with a small hard drive anymore because that's just, you're, you're essentially forced to buy a large hard drive, and yeah. it just annoys me too much. Yeah, unless you're somebody who just doesn't play much at all. But, yeah, yeah. it's difficult. The barrier to entry for me to start a new game is getting pretty high, so the fact that I have to sift through, delete something that I know mm. I do like, and then wait to install it. And by the time it installs, I'm kind of over the idea of trying it. And yep. I don't plan ahead with that kind of stuff. So, Well, I'm also not necessarily interested in, in gaming, like game chasing either. Because, like, I mean, I'd wind up playing the show, MLB the show, maybe. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I don't need to get a new one of those every year, just like Madden. I mean, what the hell else would I play? Maybe Fallen Order when it comes out. I assume that's only going to be PS5, right? We we talked about it. Was that only PS5? Law and Order? Fallen Order. Jedi Fallen Order? I could have sworn you said Law and Order. (laughs) Dun, dun. Let's look that up. Um, But anyway, I guess if that's PS5 only, I might at that time think about it a little bit. but there again, I also thought about getting an Oculus too to play v- well, Vader Immortal. Fallen Order anymore? What's it called? Well, yeah, yeah, who cares? Just <laughs> Fallen Order Two. Survivor. Okay, fine. Let's Fallen Order Survivor Two. Fallen. I don't know Order, why they had Star to do Wars. that. Because it's different. It's yeah, it's different. It's different. <clears throat> so uh, anyway, it's new gen only, but it's not console specific. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's on Xbox, so new, too. Well, that's what I'm saying. Oh, I thought so you meant an exclusive to PlayStation. No, no, no. I'm yeah, sorry. no. So PS5 and Xbox, what's the new one? Series X slash X. Oh, shut, shut the fuck. No, seriously, they came out with two versions. They have the beefy, nerdy one, and they have the cheap one that I bought that was like $250. I don't care. <laughs> they need to, I mean, it's so, their naming conventions are they stupid. They are terrible. They're you, stupid. Think about it. You went from Xbox and I know this is super interesting for everyone yeah, looking for a book review. Yeah. But Xbox to Xbox 360, which I did like the name of that because it was uh, an all-encompassing con- console. It was supposed to be everything. Yep. But then you go to Xbox One. Yeah, yep. And then but you, you go from had. Xbox One to Xbox One. I forget what the mid-console generation upgrade was, but it had X in it. 
Xbox One X One Xbox One. It, it's X. like Dragon Ball Z naming for power up Super Saiyan Kaioken twenty Super Saiyan God or whatever. I mean, I'm just now. saying like. But then they go I, from Series X on. It's like just just number it. PlayStation did it right when they numbered it. Yeah, it, it's it's so pretentious. It's it's not it's not funny. But like, there's the meme of like, you know, a parent going in. I I'd like to get an Xbox for my kid. Which one? Uh, the one. Xbox, yeah, the Xbox, and they come back with a first gen Xbox, and what they meant to get was an Xbox One. Yeah, you know, so yeah, well, it's, it's stupid. But think about it, like an, you know, technologically illiterate parent. PlayStation was easy. Which one do you have, honey? I have a two. Okay, so it's time to get yeah. a three. <laughs> not yeah. a Pro, not a all that other stuff. It's just PlayStation Two, and then they had the slim version. That was the, the only slim, the slim the slim PS2 slim was awesome. <laughs> a I think louder, I still have one of those. Awesome. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I still have one of those. I might. They're pretty much bulletproof. I mean, yeah, I think I still have one of those, and I have a, uh, I have our our old uh, PS1. Oh, you do have that still. Nice. Yeah. Were yep, any of those games still good, or do you have to buy new ones? I don't know, dude. I haven't even really done anything. <laughs> I have I a couple the of old games fan- here and there. I thought about that the other day. I miss the old Phantom Menace game. Yeah, well. Kind of want to get hey, an emulator well, for that and try it sometime. When we start <laughs> that gaming podcast, we'll... Yeah. No, the first <laughs> game is going to be Tenchi Stealth Assassin. Oh, That's boy, what the what first game. one is. What we could game. talk an hour on the uh, the training session because I swear that's, that's all, all we, we ever did. did. That's <laughs> all we did was the training. I all got right. caught on the bear mission and then i just stopped playing that game so the yeah, training was yeah. the only thing i'd be willing to do we never finished neither of us finished that game i don't think so yeah i looked up the ending finally i wish we would have it was pretty yeah. epic well hey maybe nowadays we can go back and <laughs> no we'd probably be worse now. polygon well that's probably true so <laughs> tank controls man oh, god but yeah so uh i mean just for me my week's been you know just a pretty standard work work week uh didn't really do a whole lot this this last weekend um had a had a little bit of a cookout uh found actually we'll have to go to this sometime when you uh when you're kind of free to just pop up there's a place in in westerville it's i think it's just called the beer and wine emporium mm-hmm. it's off of sunbury road and we went me and my girlfriend went down there because we were looking for its Golden Road Mango Cart. We had talked about mm-hmm. this. So we were looking for it, and <clears throat> guy I worked with was like, yeah, I think you could probably get it over here. So we went. They had one left. They had one six-pack left. And <laughs> and the guy at the register was like, yeah, it's really popular. We, we get it. We sell it out. We have like a multi, <clears throat> like multi-pack, but she doesn't like like watermelon and all that stuff. So it was like, there was like mm-hmm. a watermelon and like four flavors, but she just wanted the mango. So we got that also found another one, which I, I'll probably pick you up a bottle of this at some point. And uh, I think it's like old, old Budapest or something like it's, it's a coffee stout that is mm-hmm. like, it's, it's full flavor, but it's also light. It's, it's really, really good. It's not like little, drinking chocolate milk and Guinness combined like most no, stouts. <laughs> no, 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 I wouldn't say it, no. And I love stouts. I, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what, I am really super just like, I just want to drink dark German beers right now. Yeah, um, me too. But they had, 
they had a couple of different dunkles there, which was fun. So we got a couple of different things, but that was that was really nice. So then we we had a little little cookout with her family. Um, did uh, did some some various eating. I made crab dip and and uh, uh, buffalo chicken dip and a banana cream pudding thing. Ooh, that's some good um, stuff. So that was <clears throat> that was fun. And then, I mean, realistically, we just kind of hung out. I know this weekend we're going to do some more housework stuff, uh, which will be good. Uh, before this, yeah, I was kind of worried because you're like, hey, can we start recording a little early? I was like, ah, geez. Um, today, the execs were in town, so we had this whole thing throughout the day and food and all this stuff. And then they wanted to do like uh, like a little happy hour thing. So I went down to that for about an hour. I didn't really even want to go because I'm, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just I'm just tired, and I didn't really want to. And one of the execs is retiring, so it's like, well, you're leaving. Who cares? <laughs> um, but but uh, yeah, I had to go do that before this, and then you know came back. So and now it's always funny they pick the worst days for those happy hours. We've been doing a lot of stuff at work too here lately, and we did one. It was a it was event on Wednesday starting from 6 to 8, going yep. to Penn's Mechanical. All food, which, by the way, Penn's has a restaurant now. Which one did you go to? We went to the one in Dublin. Are you talking about the hot dog the, place? Yes, and it's awesome. I went, we went, that's the other thing we did this weekend, <laughs> Weenie Wonder. Oh, my God, that was awesome. I loved Weenie it. Wonder. So, yeah, I, I got a coupon uh, in the mail for like a free side. And I just thought it's called weenie wonder. And like their slogan you think is Bob, like the, the weenie hut juniors or something. Well, <laughs> their slogan was something like put good stuff in your mouth or something like that. I was like, well, good old I mean, pins and all their affiliates. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. On, uh, uh, Sunday. Yeah. I think it was Sunday. We went down and, uh, and ate there, and I got the uh, the dumpster, whatever the dumpster one, mm-hmm. and she got the taco. Um, we got the the wedge fries and the and tots and everything. It, it wasn't bad. It was yeah. it was a decent hot dog. They're a little pricey, I wouldn't write home about it, but it was it was okay. The fact that you're already in there having a few beers, yeah, it's it's perfect place yeah. for it, and it fits the theme of pins really well. But yeah, well, they were, the the one on Easton has Dirty Franks. So it's like a oh, theme. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't like the Easton one as much. The last time we went there, they were, half of it was closed for a convention, so I didn't really want yeah. to. <laughs> I do like, yeah, I like the other one a little better yeah. for sure. But yeah, they were doing that on uh, last Wednesday from like six to eight. I was like, well, that's awesome. I'd love some free hot dogs and beer, but I have an hour drive home mm-hmm. and it's a Wednesday. Obviously, yep. I had obligations because we were recording and other things going on, too. It's like, can't you guys plan this like on a Friday and give me a week's notice? <laughs> Seriously. I know yeah. that you planned it ahead because you, well, they booked out half the place. It was the Easton one. <laughs> like, you give me yeah. three days notice for the invite. Just silly. But. Yep. Weenie wonder. <laughs> Good time. Good time. All right. Well, I think we've yacked enough. We've almost went on about a half hour with stuff that isn't Star Wars. Um, so what do you think? Ready to get in this book? Yeah. Yeah. We'll probably spend less time going over the plot summary, seeing as how short it is. But that uh, is the thing. It's 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 very, uh, you know, just in the beginning. It's not a bad plot, though. It's just a very, you know, concise and well thought out plot. It, they didn't have to fluff it. 
Yeah, it's it's very straightforward. And I would say, let's see what. So grade level four to seven. So fourth mm-hmm. through seventh grade age range, nine to twelve. So it's it's it is a young reader. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, that's what it is. I will say, though, that I think um, I think it's kind of like adult enough to sort of pique some interest, but not be overwhelming for somebody younger who's looking to like get into maybe a different story that's not quite interconnected to everything else in the galaxy. Right. Yeah. At no point did I read this and think it's another kid's book. You know, it, it doesn't mind like throwing out some of the more terrible things of war, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, kids being orphaned and whatnot. So it, it's a well done. Dead parents. Yeah. (laughs) Rounding (laughs) up people to murder them. Oh, boy. So, effectively, we get in here, and this is post-Clone Wars. This is Obi-Wan Kenobi um, basically starting on Tatooine, and this Year is one. kind of why why I was thinking about doing it, because it, it could, you know, maybe lead us in another direction. And the funniest thing is, is it did, in a way, when you think about it, because this is Obi-Wan Kenobi leaving Tatooine to go on a mission. A mission that's a little less far-fetched than the series. <laughs> uh, well, well, I mean, when when Lil Lay gets kidnapped, you go Obi Wan's gonna come. <clears throat> so Lil Lay gets kidnapped, she runs like the wind. <laughs> she's got the force slide, man, and the force juke move. Yeah. Now, as we get in here, I, I do. I, I like the fact that they are putting in a very introspective Kenobi here. You know, he's remembering the friends he's lost. Um, just here, names and faces that would begin in his mind. Qui-Gon, Siri, uh, Tyro, Kaladian. There's a lot of vowels in there. Mace Windu, the apprentices, Dara, uh, Thel, Thel, Tanis, uh, <laughs> Truvel, their masters, Ragul, you know, just a couple of others here. Um he talks about Jocasta new a, a little mm-hmm. bit. He, there's even a part where he's like, you know, I kind of miss just being able to call her up and, and like ask for information. And she's like, well, you could find this just <laughs> as well as I could. And it's like, that's not even true. Uh, the warrior. Yeah, so like, oh, I miss her. She always used to not do her job and <laughs> call me an idiot. Oh, I just miss that lady so much. Well, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's sad because he even, he even said she died in her library. She got a pretty bad death. I don't know if it's canon or not, but do you remember the Revenge of a Sith video game? I remember you talking about it. I don't remember this specific part off the top of my head. Yeah. Well, when Anakin storms the temple, he just like levitates her and pulls her into his lightsaber and then just throws her away. I don't know if it's really canon and that's how she died, but yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. But a couple of other names. Um, uh, so, yeah, Jakasanu, uh, Barris Offie mentioned mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. Uh, the Warriors, Shakti, Kit Fisto, uh, Luminara and Dooley, uh, the Jedi Masters, uh, Kiyamundi, uh, Plo Koon, you know, gets a yeah. shout out here. So it's, it's just fun. And then in here it goes, gone. The word would toll in his head, gone, gone. Yeah. And... You know, a lot of people do like that kind of PTSD Kenobi thing. 
and this is this is him here uh, remembering all of this, and it's it's a thing. Mm-hmm. And then we, the big difference though, between this and the series is he is speaking to Qui Gon Jinn throughout this book, which yeah, I thought was an interesting from the thing. beginning. Yeah, some of the differences in this book are really cool. I like that we actually flesh out some of the conversations with Qui-Gon, and just from that alone kind of makes me want to read the rest of the series because I want to get more of those interactions. I know it's not canon anymore, but it's still Qui-Gon, so yeah, uh, we get a lot more insight. I mean, we barely get Qui-Gon at all, so he's not really teaching whatsoever. Um, we get some... Yeah, I mean, well, oh, it's just ahead. right here in the very beginning, you are not ready for the training. But I yeah. am, Master. I have nothing else now. That is why, my Padawan, you are not ready. And isn't that, to you, doesn't that just hit home better than, oh, you weren't ready, so I just ignored you for, you know, nine years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that the point in the show was he wasn't ready. But, yeah, there wasn't really any conversation at all. It was just like, eh, we got a long way to go. Let's go, dude. Yeah. Another thing that I did kind of like here, and let me see if I can actually find the the wording of it, because it had to do with uh, with Owen um, Baru and and uh, and Kenobi here. I something like um, it made it feel like they weren't really at odds. It was kind of like I think the word was I think literally the word in there somewhere was like friendship. Their friendship was just kind of like distant, you know, but mm-hmm. it was like, it laid down that it's like, he's not hostile. Like Owen in the show was hostile. Yeah. Like he, he was hostile until the end. And he's like, you want, you want to meet him? Like you did his father. <laughs> so he, it was hostile. And I understand that. I don't mind the portrayal in the show. I'm fine. But like, I also kind of think it's like, dude, first of all, you know who this kid is, you know, who his father is. You know, and you know that the Empire would be God, after you know him. You know who so. his mother is, too. Obviously, this kid is not going to live a normal life as a moisture yeah. farmer. <laughs> well, even if you don't want him trained, you still have this protectorate out there who will make sure that you're okay. And that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And why like, wouldn't you want to have him trained? He, at some point, uh, he's going to, you know, brush with the Empire and have to defend himself. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could I could kind of see it because, like, they also would have known about, you know, the stuff with the sand people. That yeah. would have gotten around. Like, they would have known the anger that they saw in Anakin and then the, the things that they would have heard after that. So, and it's dangerous being a Jedi. Yeah, true enough. So. Very true. Um, we do get some other big changes here. Uh, we already know about Vader in this series, although yeah. it's kind of a less Vague. exciting. So it's more like, what is it like? Oh, I heard it, a, a hollow projection in a bar or something. And then yeah, it was kind of like one of those. He just knew it's like, he just I had saw to see Vader. the figure. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of cool in a way. I always thought it was boring at first, but then like thinking about how Reva was the one to, expose the truth it, it, it makes it feel too much like tying people together like yeah. this person has to be important what's something important they can do oh this is the person that told obi-wan that vader was still alive you know <laughs> <laughs> right right 
Uh, let's see here. So then we start to get a little bit in the meat of the story where Obi-Wan's at a bar and he overhears some pilots talking about, uh, what was our planet called? That's a question. I wasn't ready for a question. I've got the book. Uh, Belasa. Yeah, that's about how I pronounced it. Belasaw, something like that. Belasaw, that sounds a little. I feel bit like more I've Star heard Wars. someone say Belasaw. I don't know. Maybe I'm just guessing. Belasaw. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like something we'd hear. And then we hear the name of a character who is going to be a little bit more important in our story. Wheezy. <laughs> oh my god. No, he just gives him a ride. <laughs> Wheezy. So Lil Lil Wayne's Lil Wayne's in the story. Lil Wheezy. Louisiana. Yeah, okay. yeah. So we get uh, Ferris Ulin, maybe? Ferris Olin, Ferris Ulin. Olin. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Which, uh, the tie-in for this is kind of cool, because not that we get a lot of her stuff, but uh, this is the apprentice to Siri Tachi, Tachi. Mm-hmm. however you pronounce that, who was actually a love interest of Kenobi, and it's mentioned in... Um, one of the books we did prior to the Kenobi series, drawing a blank on the name of it, of course, was it just the Kenobi book she was in? In the flashback? Oh, dude, I don't know. I think it was the, the Kenobi I'm book. Not sure. Yeah, that, I don't really know much about her or where her appearances are. Kenobi does love blondes, though. Yes. <laughs> He's got a type. I do love these uh, these old, like, mid-2000 book character art because they always overdo. Not overdo, I shouldn't say that, but they really do things well. Like, mm-hmm. Trevor's character art is something you totally see on New Jedi Order. Almost looks like yeah. something Jason would be doing. Just fist in the air. Quick, <laughs> quick just saw aside here. Siri was uh, created by... Jude Watson, our writer here. Oh, really? And nice. also was featured in Star Wars uh, Jedi Starfighter game. Oh, yeah, I did read she was a prominent pilot, and she fought in yeah. the, uh, I think she was just a pilot in the Battle of Geonosis. So, yeah. cool, 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 cool. Yes, uh, she also had a purple saber. Does it say whether or not Ferris was created by her as well, or was that a prior character? Um, maybe um, um, let, let me skim. Oh my God, there's so much stuff on him. Just go, go. Oh my God, there's so much. Holy crap, he's got a huge page. It's absolutely huge. Uh, I don't know. He's created by somebody. <laughs> Not sure. Not sure about that. Uh, that would be some. <clears throat> that would be some stuff to look up. I mean, Ah, well, I don't care. I don't care enough. I don't care, and I'm leaving it alone. Um, So anyway, Obi-Wan hears this name. He's like, oh, my God. Well, time to to get out of here. Pretty much. (laughs) Oh, boy. So this leads us on to our mission. And in our next, uh, what was this, chapter two, we get a conversation with Qui-Gon. 
before Obi-Wan decides to go. Cause he, he's kind of conflicted here. He, he sort of thinks that, um, maybe he shouldn't mm-hmm. time to hang up the saber and the cloak. Just, yeah. Just take care of his EOP and watch after Luke. Nothing or I else. guess I should actually say it was chapter three where the conversation gets rolling. It was just the end of chapter two where they had kind of started talking, but yeah, chapter um, one and two, we just kind of go over him cutting some odd fish up in the desert. That did not happen. <laughs> um, we do get the cave part though, which we kind of argued about before. Like he wasn't in a cave. He had a hut. Now he did have a cave for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see here. So I do, I, I do, did want to kind of just discuss some of the Qui-Gon conversation. Um, basically Qui-Gon is like, like, what are you feeling here? What are you feeling? Overwhelmed to hear you. That's a start. Angry at the Aopi. Not so. Try again. <laughs> Irritated at your riddles. Good. Now we're getting somewhere. Angry at myself. And then Qui-Gon says nothing. I'm angry at my own confusion. I used to make decisions so easily. I knew that uh, I knew what course to take, and I took it. If another Jedi was in danger, I went. And now, although my mission is clear, my mind is not. I want to go, but I am charged to remain here. Luke is the new hope for the galaxy, and I must protect it. And then Qui-Gon's reply, all this is true, but it's not the only truth. Hope doesn't spring from one root which i think is an important thing (laughs) i like that i like that message because so oftentimes we're all we're always so caught up on one particular thing being the hope it's one person they're always alone but in this this is reinforcing the idea that it's the rebellion and luke is a cog in the rebellion Uh, leia is a cog in the rebellion neither of them are really the chosen one necessarily again this is more of an inference here uh, or a thought bubble but it is uh, their contribution to this that helps it go but they can't assume their spot without the movement also being there in the rebellion essentially yeah absolutely it just goes to show the wisdom of Qui-Gon too I mean even Going back as far as him saying that Anakin will bring balance to the Force, who knows what he was thinking in his head when he said that as he right. was dying. And obviously, with Luke, if there's no X-Wing, there's no blowing up the Death Star, chosen one or not, he's still a moisture farmer with no one to back him. So, Yep. So it does get kind of weird, because in a way it feels like Qui-Gon's kind of pushing him in one direction, even though he says, you have to be the one to make this decision. But when he makes a decision, he's like, good, you finally made the right decision. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we learn that Ferris uh, started a business on on this planet here with his buddy. Had old black and white investigation business. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they kind of framed it as like protecting whistleblowers. So yeah. if you want to tattle, you come to us and we'll beat them up. We'll protect you basically. They're and like, we'll oh. totally hire you after when we're on the run and I'll yeah, live in your house. Exactly. <laughs> but when Obi-Wan gets to the planet, uh, who is, who was the friend? Uh, no, that's Rowan. Rowan. Rowan lands. 
So Rowan had already been captured by the Empire, and uh, Ferris is on the run. Mm-hmm. He has not been captured. He's hiding in the mountains, all injured and whatnot. Right. And we kind of talk to a couple of the the shop owners around here, and then we bump into Trevor, who is Trevor. a thief. Mm-hmm. Essentially, he's a thief. Yeah. And he's our scoundrel of the group. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Not super duper helpful, but at least no. kind of trying to be in a way. But he had stolen some uh, uniforms from the seamstress. And, and I, I did think this was interesting. Our seamstress is like everybody thinks that they're that she's doing so poorly business wise, but in actuality she's making prison uniforms. Yeah, she's benefiting she's, from this war essentially. Yeah. She's benefiting from it. Which, you know, it does kind of um it it, it it's it's a tough one. Uh I watched the uh most recent Bill Burr special. So we actually went and saw Bill Burr a while ago mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And he dropped a special uh recently. And not all the jokes we heard were in it. A couple of them were. But he told this whole thing about Coco Chanel. Mm-hmm. You know, Chanel. And how effectively she was seemingly a Nazi sympathizer. Mm-hmm. And Hugo Boss, too. I mean, there's like, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of ties uh, into popular companies now that were probably Nazi sympathizers at the time. Um, sometimes, though, and I think some of the framing of Coco Chanel was mainly like, well, what are you exactly going to do with the... I mean, however you slice it, Germany had one of the most powerful armies in the world. Um, you know, thankfully, we were able to overcome that. And, uh, you know, the, the Allied powers were able to beat that back. Um, but that was a scary thing. That would have been a very scary thing for people living in those areas that were basically being conquered. Mm-hmm. And w- we look here and this isn't just like a country on country thing. This is intergalactic. You know, this is an intergalactic Planetary. empire. Planetary. Yeah. Intergalactic. intergalactic. <laughs> <laughs> I got a connection. Yeah, we got it. Um, but that's a, a bigger thing because now you're talking about hopping planets. They can stop you from leaving a planet. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas it can stop like you from having a business too. Well, they can stop you from living. <laughs> um, but through this, we do learn that the planet's in pretty bad shape. The, the empire is being particularly cruel here. Mm-hmm. Um, we learn a little later. Example, unfortunately, of this planet. Right. Well, we 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 learn a little later that they have some contingencies, like to kill some people off, like to imprison mass imprisonments and all this stuff. Um, even Rowan was, uh, you know, drugged with kind of a new combination of cocktail druggy things. Yeah. And they're basically getting to the point now. It's like, well, he's a prisoner. If he dies, he dies, bring him back in. We're kind of done treating him. Yep. Which honestly, it was odd to me that the empire even would, other than to get more information out, potentially they would actually try and save a prisoner with how ruthless they can be. Yep. For sure. Now, Obi-Wan throughout here, so he's interacting with Trevor. He's trying to find Ferris. He's trying to find Rowan. 
Um, he does sort of hatch his plan to take one of the Imperial uniforms that Trevor has uh, and get into this hospital where we will meet Dr. Amy Anton. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of where we get into some interesting stuff here. What was it called? The 11? Yeah. Which is, you know, kind of like a freedom fighty group. And it, it definitely makes it sound a little bit like the start of the rebellion. You know, one of the starts of the rebellion. But this is something that that Rowan and Ferris had, had sort of created with uh, some of their friends and so forth. And mm-hmm. the doctor's now sort of firmly in ground with, with this group uh, after she meets Obi-Wan and actually thinks Obi-Wan is a part of the group. Yeah, he's he's not gonna say anything. (laughs) I wonder how the rebellion ever survived with people just randomly giving out their location like that. Like, yeah, how difficult would it have been for just some imperial to do that? Yeah, (laughs) if Obi Wan can think about it, an imperial should be able to think about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now we we did kind of gloss over this, and I I guess now that it's back on my mind, we should probably talk a little bit about Ferris because we we sort of got into it, and then we started talking about you know Siri and all this stuff. So he was a Padawan. He, he was an mm-hmm. apprentice. Um, Rival who left. to Anakin. What's that? Rival to Anakin, made mm-hmm. very clear in this book. Yeah. Um, but left the Jedi Order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I believe I read it. It had something to do with some mission going wrong where a, a master was killed because of a defective lightsaber. Anakin knew about it, supposedly, and said nothing. And Padawan. It was a paddle one. So Dara, Dara, uh, Thel Tannis. Let's see. Also known as Dara Haradin. <laughs> hmm. Let's see if we can't find deadly talk. Uh, let's see. Planet Radnor, where some deadly toxins were accidentally released in the atmosphere, resulting in bioplague. Jedi briefly task. Okay. Interesting. Huh. So she was the same age as Anakin. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Well, anyway, so that's that's a that's a rabbit hole I don't need to get get down right now. We just need to back it on up. <laughs> um So yeah. He left. He left the Jedi Order. And we've never heard of that happen happening before. Mm. Never. Never. Never been been anybody. No. 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 It's never happened. Somebody with two two lightsabers would have never done that. Somebody's apprentice. Mm, Yeah. Don't know who's. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Inconsequential. Fairly important. Might have her have her own series later. Hmm. Anyways, back to the book. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, let's see here. So yeah, I mean, Obi-Wan infiltrates this hospital uh, disguised as a as an officer. He, he, they did find one of the like the the code um, cylinders. Yeah, it much, wasn't reported much better yet. infiltrating than in the Kenobi series. I will say that. <laughs> didn't have any Maybe. children to hide, you know, didn't have just Trevor in the trench coat, hoping no one sees him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also have another character here that we get into. So, uh, Malorum mm-hmm. who's an inquisitor. Mm-hmm. Now, I what I find, Malorum. what I find interesting about this in this book is that 
Obi-Wan senses something, but doesn't actually sense that this person is a like a true force wielder. It's more like you're just cloaked in the dark side, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do find that interesting because the Inquisitors that we meet are obviously very force sensitive. I mean, they, they have force abilities, whereas it makes it sound in this book where maybe that's not so true, at least for this one, which I find interesting. Find anything on him? Yeah, he looks just like Cal Kestis in his art. <laughs> it's really weird. You should look him up. But uh, he was a human male who became one of the first members of the Inquisitors during the time of the falling formation of the Galactic Empire. Tall and imposing. Uh, he initially worked as an Imperial intelligence operative, along with Director Armand Izard, visited the Jedi Temple in the aftermath of Order 66. Oh, okay. Izor. I, I remember that name. Oh. Oh, he was one of the two people who knew Vader's true identity as well. Yeah, okay. Right. And Vader was unaware of it. <laughs> Fascinating. Uh, he saw Vader in the in the temple after Order 66. And oh, like somebody else recently. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, he was in charge of Inquisitors at that time. That's fascinating. Very fascinating. So I assume we'll hear more about him as we go through the series. Ha. Huh. Fun. Okay. He was certainly uh, obsessed with finding out everything about Anakin. He was the one that actually sent Boba Fett to... Polis Massa to try and find out what happened there. Okay. Which is something we do read in the book. Boba Fett. <laughs> oh, let's see here. Let's let's continue on. Um, we do, you know, get out of Dodge with the Doc and kind of rally up with the 11. Uh, let's see here. What else did we have? We do wind up uh, catching up with Ferris, who's hiding out with one of his former clients. Mm -hmm. They are attacked uh, by Boba Fett. Because Boba Fett's here. But not the cyborg we were thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. (laughs) Right. Well, while all this is kind of going on, there's mass arrests on the planet. Um, There's a potential for mass murder as well, which is something we read about. There's a plan for a mass grave and yep. a massacre. Kind of dark. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What else did we have in here that's interesting? Nothing? Nothing interesting in here? Nah, not really. I'm trying to think of the next plot point. Um yeah, we escape. We do kind of learn that uh, Ferris is unable to use the Force at this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily being cut off, but through the trauma, he's unable to focus and actually do anything. Um, yeah, we get through here, we get back, and we kind of meet up with Trevor, and we find out that he actually sold uh, a old droid to Boba Fett, few months mm-hmm. back and was the cause for uh, 
Rowan and Ferris getting imprisoned, kind of the one that right. started True. all this, and through uh, Ferris's leadership abilities, he's actually able to convince him to finally do something for more than just himself and help the cause. Mm, yes. Yes, yes. What else was there here? I think if there's anything in between that and our kind of harrowing ending of the book. That's what I'm saying. There's there's so little fluff in this, it just doesn't seem right that we're getting close to the end already in such a quick summary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. Uh, Much of the latter half of the book is finding Ferris and then effectively trying to get away from... Boba Fett, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that, that's kind of the, the, the large gist of the back, back end of the book. Uh, let's see here. We did get a part where, although you're right, Ferris was not necessarily feeling as in tune in the Force. He is able to wield Kenobi's lightsaber mm-hmm. to effect as they're escaping to de- deflect a, you know, a few bolts and everything. So he's getting back in there, almost reminiscent of Kenobi. Yeah, in the Kenobi series, we kind of get our uh, our little cheap version of our water feet from the Kenobi series. Something about moving a couple of uh, large steel beams and redirecting some water to kind of hit Boba oh, right. Fett, I believe. Yeah, is that about how right. it went? Something like that. Yeah, I remember yeah. that now. Yeah, the water redirect was interesting because that yeah. not as cool was, as Kenobi series, but definitely yeah, not quite. Still pretty neat. Uh, at the time, I'm sure it was a really cool feat. Uh, there's something about Ferris like changing his body temperature too to get through some really hot exhaust duct or mm. something. I forget exactly what the context was for that. This is about the first time he really uses the force, truly uses it again. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. I don't remember. I actually don't remember that part. Skim through that part, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Oh, for Pete's sake. Well, we we also um, kind of get a little bit of interaction with with Malram and and Boba Fett because Bo- Boba mm. basically fails, and and Malram sort of points this out here. And I did bo- think some of this stuff uh, was interesting. Um, even though you failed to bring me what I needed on, on Polis Masa or Naboo, say what? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then in literally on the prior page, at least in my book, uh, Obi-Wan remembers Polis Masa was where they had taken Padme to deliver her children mm-hmm. in safety. Mm-hmm. So it makes you kind of wonder... A little bit of what we're, you know, like why, why? So like, like why though? Why, why are you trying to get stuff from these two places where Padme had been? <laughs> just goes to show Palpatine knew exactly where she was at all time, and she was just having her life force sucked out. I don't think to be so. Given to no, I'm kidding. I, <laughs> I think. I, I, in, in all honesty, I do think that this is kind of like more of like a Malorum thing, which makes him a more interesting character. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I don't know anything about this series. So is he collecting this data for Vader 
or whatever he's trying to collect, or is he doing it for himself? Is he the Reva of this story? So what I just what I got from the character summary without trying to read too far into it to get, you know, the rest of the series spoiled, it seemed like he was trying to basically create a character profile on Anakin at the time, and that's kind of how he pieces together the fact that he's Vader. Um, oh, doesn't really say if they had any prior interactions up to that point. It just seemed like that moment in Order 66 at the temple kind of changed his direction, kind of made him obsessed with Anakin a bit. Yeah. So I, I would say that's probably why we have the the search through uh, Polis Massa and trying to figure out everything else he can. But I don't know. It does make him more interesting either way. Yeah. For sure. So really getting towards the end of this, though, um, kind of getting out of Dodge. And we have some sort of musings, I guess. So despite his best efforts to become an exile, he had managed to become a Jedi again. Old Obi-Wan. Yeah. We'll However, what we do have here is uh, we end on a cliffhanger. <laughs> that Quite Boba a big one, Fett, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That Boba Fett had found them. Mm-hmm. He's just like floating right beside him. It's like, hey, guys. Hey, buddy. You almost lost me. I'm here to hang out. (laughs) I'm here to hang out. Good Lord. And we actually get some cool recognitions between, uh, well, not between, but uh, just Obi-Wan acknowledging how terrible of a life Boba Fett has had up until this point. He's only around 16 at this time. He reflects on everything that happened with Mace Windu and what he had to do to survive, essentially. Yeah, that was interesting. You know, obviously recognizing the capabilities of the ship. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> this is something that he had seen from experience. On Camino. Uh, so, yeah. Uh-huh. His Faja. Obi-Wan. The only one who can just fight a ship and kind of win. <laughs> hand-to-hand combat against a ship. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's that's basically our our story there, shorter mm-hmm. story, um, but again, we're following Obi Wan post Clone Wars. Uh, for those of you Boba Fett lovers, there's obviously Boba Fett stuff here. Uh, if you like that, I think it was kind of funny at one point, like they're watching Boba Fett and Ferris is like, "Oh, he must be a really good bounty hunter." I wonder what his backstory is. Like, well, you were a Padawan, you didn't recognize. The face of every clone trooper you were around? <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it's good. But, um, so yeah, what else we got on this book? Mm, not a whole lot. I think we're getting ready to get into ratings. There we go. Well, go ahead and rate it. Give me, oh, give me a rating and why. It's just a terrible book. We give it a one out of uh, two hundred. Okay. It's really bad. Yeah. No, I thought this was a really good short story, um, especially as far as uh, young adults goes. I think that we've had some young adult books from Disney here lately that have been pretty underwhelming in comparison to this. Um, 
we actually get somewhere in this story. It's not just a tie-in to something else. Uh, we have a really good cliffhanger at the end. It seems like a series that'd be worth getting into. We get some cool interactions with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. We get to kind of see what he went through the first year of the reign of the Empire. Uh, Ferris is a really cool character. Um, I'm pretty sure the series is actually based around him more than it is around Kenobi, so I don't know if maybe you know Kenobi just kind of bugs out after they escape from uh, Boba Fett in the next book, but I guess we'll have to read on and find out. Um, we don't get introduced to a ton of new characters, but I feel like every character is well done. We get not necessarily super well fleshed out, but um, yeah, I don't have any complaints from any of the new characters. Trevor was pretty cool. Rowan was fine. Uh, Ferris seems like he'd be a really cool uh, protagonist for this series, and I'm interested to see what happens to him by the end of it. And yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and give it a uh, uh, give it a four point eh, four point three. Be a little generous. Okay. Really enjoyed it. Okay. Fair, fair. Especially for uh, free. <laughs> yeah. So Amazon has it at a four point four. Good Reads has it at a four point zero two. That's with almost two thousand ratings. Mm. So what did you give it again? Four point three. Four point three? Okay. Well you're pretty wrong. Um <laughs> clearly. <clears throat> Look, I'll say this, like this isn't like an a crazy in-depth hard read book. Okay. Mm-hmm. This isn't this isn't something that's going to stimulate a lot of nerd senses because there's, it's not like huge. It's not a mm-hmm. big, huge epic tale. Um, effectively, what you probably would have with like, let's just say Timothy's on. Mm-hmm. What you would get is a book that is the equivalent to all 10 books in the series in one book, right? Right, yeah. So what you're getting is kind of a bite-sized piece of an overall story, which can be good. But again, you'll get some writers that just write much more, more detail, so on and so forth. And I got to tell you, man, every now and again, it's really refreshing to not have to read everybody's flipping style, you know, their, their style words and their, you know, the, 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 uh, you know, alternative that they found for some word that they use throughout the book too much or, you know, panning in laser sword 15 times <laughs> because they think it's funny. Um, so I, I think it's a nice bite sized story. You know, you get a lot of different stuff. And I think, um, I think that this is something that, you know, I don't know exactly why she had chosen to write the shorter stories but I think that if you elaborated more on this, it would be a great series still. It mm-hmm. might be a better, greater series, perhaps. But as it sits, uh, this book is very good. It's a good, good little book, good little short read. Um, get a little bit of Kenobi. You get a, you know, Ferris, who I'd never personally heard of yet. And uh, maybe we'll see what happens there. We have our Inquisitor, which is kind of interesting. And overall, I mean... There's some some meat on the bone here, even though it's a it's a shorter shorter story. So, 
I would say that it's not like high-end upper echelon because, well, one, I can't rate it high-high because I don't know how to rate younger books. I just don't. It's either high or it's not. And a lot of the young readers that we read nowadays are longer. It's just less language, effectively. In this, the interesting dichotomy is this one uh, reads more like an adult book but is short, whereas Mm -hmm. most young adults are written for children and they're just made really super long. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I I, I was, I I think I'm going to say a 4.1. I think it's a, it's a, it's a good book and we'll kind of see what the series brings, but overall pretty, pretty nice. Not bad at all. Yeah. Really glad we gave this one a shot. I am too. And we might have to work, uh, work another one in, in the future, but our, uh, our dance card, so to speak is, is relatively booked. And next week, (laughs) uh, if there are no changes, we're, we're talking new Jedi order star by star. Which I am extremely excited about. <laughs> yeah, we're we're getting into my favorite stretch here of New Jedi Order. This is actually when it starts for me. This is this is what I remember just really hitting the ground running. Mm-hmm. And we've had a couple of really good books so far. The beginning of that series is can be a little rough, uh, but it does get pretty epic towards the end. So, and just uh, to clarify for anyone who might want to read along with us, are we doing the abridged? Uh, audiobook version for that, like we usually do? Oh, I always do the abridged audiobook. Okay. Um, I mean, I have the books. I've read them a few times through. But, you know, for the podcast, normally for our prep, we usually do the abridged, which are fine. It hits most yeah. of the major points. Yeah. So um, like three to four hour book. and Yeah, yeah. it's a good it's a good bite sized way to ingest these things. And they're relatively cheap, too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I never use a credit on them. No, I wouldn't either. No. Anything under like 12 bucks, I'm not using a credit. (laughs) Wasn't the last one like 30 or 40 dollars that we used a credit on? (laughs) It was expensive. Yes. The uh, uh, Shadow of the Sith. Yep. Yeah. Mm. So there we go, folks. What else we got to talk about? Any any other last minute thoughts before we get on out of here? I do believe we have spoken. Sweet. All right, y'all. Well, hopefully you enjoyed the show today. Uh, hopefully it was all you could ever dream about and you, you're ready to come back for more next week. Um, we are largely staying literary for a little bit here because we're going to be hopping into Andor before too long. And we do like to sort of get some books and stuff out of the way in those lull times. And there's so much to explore. So mm-hmm. if you have any comments or thoughts about the series, uh, you know, just anything that we do on the podcast, anything to do with the book that we that we read uh, today or, you know, just anything you'd like us to discuss, you know, you can hit us up on Facebook or Twitter at TC Plan Podcast or just send us an email to TC Plan Podcast at And we might just use that for discussion in a future episode. But that is it for now, so you guys have a great rest of your week. And as always, may the Force be with you.